0: O foolish mind, at least now wake up. This is the Bhajan Oman Murakapto Jag on page 265. The night is dark, the path is unknown, on your head is the burden of sins. The river is deep, the boat is old, and on top of that it has thousands of holes. Ages have passed while you were sleeping. Oh, lazy one, give up the sleep. The parents, the wife, the son, the brother, whom you understand as the most beloved, they all will leave you as soon as the bird of life flies away. Everyone has their own tambourine and all have their own melody. The essence of all the truths is nam. Nam is the support of life. Love is nam and by saying nam one takes the boat across. Kripal is the holy nam of God who protects and loves. Leaving hundreds of works go to satsang. O oh man leaving thousands of works meditate. As much as the body needs food, the soul also needs the food of Simran. O oh, Ajab, remember the words of Kripal. You have wandered enough, so at least now wake up. O oh, foolish mind, at least now wake up. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 265.
1: Oman Mooeraka Abuto Jagah Oman Mooeraka Abuto Jagah Oman Mooeraka Abuto Jagah Oman Mooeraka ab to ja sir or us-meh-bi rat andheri Rat-andheri ra ha ka ba De nadhiya na purani gaye sote are nandratiya om namo rakhab to Samajh raha jinn ko ati prano Pranok paanchi udh tehi Kare jahenge sabik nara matapita patni sutdara samajhara jin ko atpyara prano ka panchi udte hi Karejahinge sabi kenara. Sabaki apani, apani tafali. Sabaka apana, apana rah. Oman muraka, ab to chaga नाम है प्यार नाम है कहते मेरा पार नाम है सकलस्ते का सार नाम है जीवन का नाम है प्रेम Kare pratipal or anurag om namorak abhato jagam om namorak So kam chora sat sang mejana. Hajar kam chora bande dhyana lagana. Jitni jarurat tan kokane ki. Atma bhimange siyemarankana. So kam chora sat sang me mechaana. Hajar kam chora bandi dhyana lagana jitni charurat tan ko khane ki atma bhi simran kana va ke ajay vyada raak kripal ka gali to ab to jang om namorak ab to jaga om ab to
0: oh foolish mind at least now wake up our next bhajan is on page seventy eight Takala Manawe Kirpal Piarite O oh, my mind, look at the beloved Kripal. He who had the darshan of the Guru drank the cup of Amrit Nam. O oh, mind, become determined to have the support of Kripal. Whoever made his master sit in his heart finished the cycle of 84. O oh, my mind, keep the love for the glimpses of the master, within whose heart the love of the guru will come. For him the door of Sajkhand will be opened. O oh, mind, memorize the hints of the true guru. In a moment he removes the pain of the suffering ones. The ocean of love cannot be stopped. When he showers grace, the Lord liberates in a moment. The story of the love of the Master cannot be told. What praise can I do of the true Beloved? Tell them, O oh Jabe, of the glimpses of Kripal. O oh, my mind, look at the Beloved Kripal. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 78.
2: palapi ane Pala, 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 darshanagur Dajisne, kita Amaritanam apyala pita, asha na guru na kita. Amaritanam apyala pita, pakale manawe Sahare tayi. Taqohe
0: Gelat
2: chora siva lama kaliya, jisney ah, ah, ah. miliya vichha guru nubeta chora siva lama rakale manawe guru. Pyara na jare tayi. Sapre na ore kira pa la pyare Guru da pyara jisahere de chayaye such a candle da halka jalega a Sach Gurude good day is shattered tie Ka re mana ho hai kripa de dukhe ke pal chani Taliana javeo samunda piarda, dukia de dukai ke balajani bada. Taliana javeo samunda piyarda. ve ek
3: pala
2: Karla ki si fatame sache de la daradi. Nasi jaye guru de piyaradi. Karla ki si mein sache de la daradi. Dassaleye Oh my
0: mind, look at the beloved Kripal. Okay, the last retreat of the year at Shemaz is scheduled for Saturday, October 9th, second Saturday of the month. It is a one-day Seva retreat. However, anyone is welcome for the entire weekend. Please call Don or Charlotte if you plan to attend. And our dear sister Mary Bricker, passed on last Tuesday morning. There will be a group gathering and potluck in her memory at Richard Hamilton's home in Ukiah on Friday, September 24th at 6 p.m. Mary Bricker, of course, dear sister, and as Master Kripal would say, old mate from way, 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 way back. And uh, she left while meditating, after the retreat at Shemaz last week, right, I want to read a couple of things today. First is from the Light of Kripal. This is an evening talk, actually a conversation between Master and a number of disciples. Master Kripal, February twentieth, nineteen seventy one at the house on Rajpur Road. And Master begins, it's called God's Complaint. And it's an interesting title, and he uses it most interestingly, I think. So Master begins by saying, always live in the living present. Not in the living present, but in the living moment. Did you read my circular on that point? If you care for the living moment, you can care for eternity. Read the circulars and go into them deeply. If you care for the pennies, pounds will be saved, is it not so? If you keep your mind occupied every moment, then nothing can go wrong. It is given very briefly in the circulars. Brevity is the soul of all creation. The Master's sayings are very brief, but to the point. If you watch your present moment, then everything is all right. If you don't care, sometimes for hours you're oblivious, and in those vacant hours there's so much trouble that comes up which affects your meditations. So when you sit for meditation, forget the past, forget the future, Live in the living present. This is the one thing that will give you success in your meditations. But the vacant hours in which you have not kept the mind occupied with some constructive thought affect your meditation. So that is the remedy that accounts for all these things. If you would pass your every hour in peace with no ill will against anybody and no attachment to anybody. If you can pass each hour like that for one day, then continuously for some days, no such ramifications of mind will come up to affect your meditations. We are frittering away our moments of life in such like pursuits. Kabir says, make each breath you take the offering to your master. Do you follow what I have said? Every breath you take, make it the offering to your master. This is very valuable, Kabir says, and we fritter away a fortune. If a dying man wishes to stay for a few minutes longer, he cannot. How frivolously we kill our time. Every moment of life is very valuable. Make the best use of it. When death overtakes us, that is the time you say, Oh, had some time been given me, I would have done this and that thing. Is it not so? But you cannot get time then, which you have frittered away so ruthlessly, so cruelly. Kabir says in one breath he crossed three planes, physical, astral, causal. One breath is very valuable. That is why some saints have been spending their time in threes. Three minutes, three days, continuously in the remembrance of God with no moment forgetting. For three days, then you may have a week at least. All right, try. One saint says if you can pass three days and nights in sweet, constant remembrance of God, you go to his feet. Three days, can we? It's not much. Let no other thought other than God strike your mind. Why not start with one day? Start from today. All right, from now on till tomorrow evening, no thought. Constant remembrance. Even when you eat, don't forget him. Try one day. That will give you good training. We don't care for the trifling things, but that is where the substantial thing comes from. One day is not much. You have been here how many days? So many days. And if you had passed even one day and night in constant remembrance, you would have changed very much. If in 24 hours of the day and night you are doing your best by meditating five hours, four hours, even then you are not in constant remembrance. How many hours have you put in today? And somebody says, six, Master. In six hours you had no other thought than God? Maybe two. The Master says, two maybe. Two real hours of meditation, the person says. And out of two hours did you have sweet remembrance constantly? You see, I'm afraid even that may not be very true. Then go into it. I have sifted that point. Now you sift it your own self. You are in constant remembrance for two hours. With your grace, I had a very good meditation which lasted. Master interrupts. Well, I am talking something else. In your meditations, you had some glimpses for a moment, two, ten, fifteen minutes You had good experience, of course, that is creditable, but what I am talking about is constant remembrance. Like a hard taskmaster, don't spare yourself. We spare ourselves, you see. Diary is like a very hard taskmaster over your head. Every moment should be watched as to what thought crosses your mind and how many times you fail, even in thought, word, and deed. When you think of God constantly, how blissful it is. No ill will for anybody, no exaggeration, no underrating. The time that you spend in scaling, you are judging. This is like that, this is not like that, this is that way, this is that. That is called delusion, maya. And that is intellect, you see, maya. The intellect is the instrument of scaling. Your intellect is always scaling. And of course, maya Maya literally means measuring. And the essence of the illusory phenomena, existence, that we call maya, is that we can understand things by measuring, by limiting, by bounding, by describing what Master calls here scaling. That is, putting on the scale and weighing, seeing what it is in that sense. Which is, you know, we think the way Maya works is we think if we label something, we understand it. And Master is saying this is all delusion, you see. And somebody says, well, when we're doing our diaries or in the course of the day when we're weeding out faults from our minds, Isn't that also scaling? And Master says, scaling is not that. Doing your diaries is weeding out, which is something else. When your intellect works, that is maya. Intellect is the instrument of what? Of delusion. Always scaling. That is why it is said that your outgoing faculties must be controlled, mind-controlled, and intellect also stilled. Then you can rise above easily. These words are very simple. We are always clutching or watching or scaling. This is this. What is that? Most of the time is spent in that. Don't spare yourself. None of you. If you keep the diary constantly, you will have transvision. If there is no will-will for anybody, no attachment to anybody, No deluding your own self and not deluding others. No contempt, no attachment. These things create ripples in the subconscious reservoir of your mind, and if they are stilled, the water is calm, quite still. Then you can see your face. Tenth Guru says, if you think of him for a while, ten minutes or even for a moment, with all your heart and soul, then no negative power can affect you. These are very simple words. Go deep down into their meaning. Yes? Master, what does thinking of God really mean? Thinking of God is much better as compared to thinking of worldly things, but seeing is above all. Feelings or drawing inferences are subject to error. The time we spend in seeing is the highest way constantly, and then no negative power will affect you. Go deep down into this. These very simple words are given in the scriptures, but we simply never go into their depths. And someone says, I don't think even for two minutes. Master chuckles. Now you said you spent two hours. I'm very glad to hear your honesty. Yes, yes. Master, if we do Simran, is this thinking of God? Simran, what is Simran? It is the repetition of the different names given to that power working in all planes. The same God power working in different planes is called by different names. In the highest plane, it is called truth. In the second plane, it is called I am you, you are me. In the third plane, you find I'm above all three attributes. The same power is called by different names in different planes, but it is the same power. That is one. And when you see that power working, that is light and sound. We are always doing some remembrance of the world. something. Everyone, whether he is in the office or in the field or anywhere, starts remembering what he has to do tomorrow. Here, there, everywhere, this and that, making programs, setting this and that. Nobody can remain without remembrance of one thing or the other. So remembrance of God is far better than remembrance of the world. Whatever becomes the ruling passion in your life, you go there after death. If it is for the world, then you come down to the world. If it is for God, then you return there. Remembrance of God is pointing your attention to something higher working in the universe. But unless you see that power, these are helping factors. Are they not? Just go deep down into that thing. Constant remembrance does not mean automatic repetition of names. All the same, it, automatic repetition, is remembering that power. Unless you become conscious of that power, you are just like a blind man. Still, it is comparatively better than thinking of the world. To think of God is much better, but that is also not sufficient unless you see that power. Listen here. I say now, hear this attentively. God complains. I reside in them. God is where? He is in the same house which he has made and that is the man-body. But they dethrone me from the body and put me where? In churches, in the models. These are the models, and they put light there. Instead of seeing me, my light, they see the symbols of light. Are they not dethroning God? Do you follow what I mean to say? God resides in temples which he has made, and people raise up churches and temples constructed after the model of man. He does not reside there. He says, I reside in you, and people have thrown me out. So they raise models which they make with mud and mortar. If they had seen me, they would have known. I am the light within them, but they just light candles outside. He says, the people dethrone me. They don't come where I live. They turn me out into the temples. Is it not true? Do you find that? In church, people light candles, outer symbols. They don't see me in their home. So he says, I am long forgotten by everybody. It's a true complaint, is it not? He says, I reside in you. I am light. Take heed that the light within you is not darkened. It's certainly a complaint, is it not? I reside in you. I'm the light. I'm the sound principle, music of the spheres. Instead of that, they make models and direct people to them. They try to disown me. Excuse me, but the truth remains like that. So God says, well, always see me instead of making models of me outside. Why do you forget me? I'm in your temple, residing within you. I reside nowhere else. Is it not so? All the scriptures say that. Then God, I think, is quite justified to complain. If you love some friend of yours, you remember him. Is it not better to see him? Which is the better of the two? Seeing is better. He stands by, watching you, within you, waiting for you. And we are doing this and that thing. We make models of light and of the sound principle, and he is within you. We don't talk to him within. This is what men are doing in all the religions. They are making models. They attach too much importance to those things and not to the man body where he himself resides. He's waiting for you there. Does what I say appeal to you? Is it not something substantial? Is it not something real? And what are we doing? And somebody says, wasting our time. And Master says, yes, and chuckles. If some thief enters a room where he knows there is wealth buried, he knows, he's got a clue about where it is, he's read about it somewhere, and he's all alone in that room with nobody to watch him, what will he do? Will he sleep or dig under the earth? Nobody is watching him while he's digging. Nobody has seen him. Dig, tap inside. That is what Emerson said. This is what all scriptures say. The Quran says, I am a hidden treasure within you. Why don't you find me? Guru Nanak says, there's a valuable jewel lying within you. Just be guided by the word of the master and you'll get it. Why not dig for your own self? Go within and find him. He's there, waiting. For that, you will have to close yourself within the closet of the body, that's all. Not thinking of the outside world. God's complaint is very real, is it not? It's only for the sake of bringing home this point. It does not mean God complains, but this is what we actually do. We even make a mockery of God by lighting candles here and there and ringing bells. He is within you. By drawing people to those things, you're deceiving your own self. You're deceiving God and all other people too. By ringing the bell and lighting the candle and making dome-shaped buildings, is it not a mockery? This is a good story for you. It will draw many people. So every day, you get something fresh, not given in books. At least out of the 24 hours of the day and night, leave and spend some time with him within you. That costs you nothing. Does it cost you? Then, you've come from thousands of miles. What for? Only to learn these few words. Spend some time within you. God says, I'm within you. Don't make a mockery of me. Is it not a good story for you to write? All right. And that's the end. And I want to read also a talk of Sanchi's, which I was reminded of by, as it happened, reading or rereading for the first time in a number of years, Kent McNeil's book, Rainbow on My Heart. And this is the talk called The Enemy Within, which uh, actually he refers to a number of times in the course of that book, and which I think is one of the most important talks ever given by any master. And this was not a public talk, actually. It was given by Sanchi down in the master's house to the Savadars of St. Baniashram, San Brinton, New Hampshire, In May 1977, he called us down there and he gave us this talk. And almost everything he says in this talk, we somehow or other managed to make every mistake that he mentions in the course of a year, even though he had warned us ahead of time by giving us this talk. But it is extremely important. Years later, after we had learned... This we read at every ashram meeting, we read this talk or parts of it. So Sanchi says, and this follows through on many of the things Master says in the talk we just read, Swamiji Maharaj says, How can I tell you all the tricks of the mind? The mind has so many ways in which he can deceive us that we cannot describe all his tricks. What does he do? He destroys the love in the satsangis. And instead of that love, he fills them from within with jealousy, with duality, and people start hating each other. What does maya do? Maya brings illusion within us, and Kal colors that with the color of dirt. And then we also behave like ordinary worldly people after giving up our meditations. What does Kal do with us? Whatever good thoughts we have had by attending the satsang, whatever meditation we have done, whatever knowledge we have achieved through the satsang, when the time comes, the negative power tries his level best and plays all his tricks to take those things away from us. If someone has achieved a little bit of love and the will of the master or saint, the negative power tries to take that away from him also in due course of time. Swamiji Maharaj says, It is a surprising thing that when the negative power attacks us, we forget the forgiveness which we have received after attending the Satsangs. How does Kal or the negative power affect us? We are called Satsangis and we are Satsangis, and we are all brothers and sisters and master. But Kal sits in us and makes us fight among our brothers and sisters. He creates dryness within us and tells us what is in meditation. Coming into the satsang also, he disturbs us. He does not leave us even for a minute. Once the negative power came to Guru Nanak and said, You are giving grace to many people and liberating them, so give me some room in your sanghat so that I can also get something from you. Guru Nanak said, No, there's no room for you. But if you still want, you can sit in the place where the shoes of all the people are kept. That is why when we are sitting in satsang, after hearing the talk of the Master, we make up our mind that we will do whatever Master has told us to do. But as soon as we come to the place where the shoes are kept and we put on our shoes, the negative power starts affecting us and we forget everything we have learned in satsang. If the satsangis are loving and respecting each other and doing their meditation, then if the negative power cannot do anything to the meditators, he goes to the Savadars. And sitting in the sevadars, he will pull their minds in different directions. He will tear the sevadars apart, and he will not allow them to make their seva successful. If he is not successful in using any of his tricks on us, then what does he do? He takes whatever seva we have done. Guru Nanak says it is easy to do seva, but it is difficult to maintain it. How does he dwell in the sevadars? He comes and sits in the minds of the sevadars, and that's why some of them think that they are very good sevadars, that they are doing very good seva, and that nobody else is competent like them. And some people think that they are very good at organizing. So sitting in their mind, he creates this type of thing within the Savadars, because if a few people start praising us and folding hands to us, then we do not want to stay on the ground. We start flying. We think we are also something. Now, when the sevadars go in different directions and start fighting with one another, Master warns us and rebukes us, what have you done? You should not do that. And then the satsangis realize and they repent, but they do not understand the tricks of the negative power. When the sevadars start fighting with each other and becoming angry with each other, Master rebukes us and tells us, Your work is to do seva and you have to set an example for other people. When Master is telling us that, then our mind starts making excuses to the Master and people start arguing and explaining to the Master, no, this is right or this is wrong. This is the law of nature. The soul which is affected by the tricks of the negative power and who starts finding faults in Master goes back into the cycle of 84 lakhs births and deaths. Swamiji Maharaj says, It is a pity that 10 years, 5 years, 20 years have passed by doing satsang, but we have never recognized our Master as the form of God. We have never had love and respect for each other, and we have never had any effect from the satsangs which we have been doing. We were supposed to make our minds humble by doing seva. But instead of that, we have got egoism in our minds. If you cannot do anything, at least request your master. Oh, master, we are helpless in front of negative power. But the negative power is not stronger than you. You help us. Save us from the effect of the negative power. Do the simran which he has given to you. Take the medicine which he tells you to take, keep the abstinence which he is telling you to keep, and the disease will go away. When we call our master, what does master do? He purifies the minds of the satsangis who are torn apart and are fighting with each other. When master makes their minds pure, they start loving each other and everything becomes as it was before. And when we do meditation, we again get the same love for each other, and we start living in love as we were doing before. Swamiji Maharaj says, What is the duty of satsangis? To live in love for each other and to always maintain that love. This is the order for all satsangis, to love each other, to be united, and to meditate. If the satsangis are not loving each other, if they are not remaining united, if they are not meditating, this means that they are surrendering to the negative power. So Swamiji Maharaj says, if obeying our requests, all the satsangis could love other satsangis and meditate, they will go to the court of Satpurush, and there is no obstacle which will prevent them from going to his court. So don't let your intellect come between you and God. Do the devotion of Satguru and don't keep any worries in your mind. Because now you have the Nam initiation and Satguru has given you the opportunity to do the seva, to meditate and earn that Nam. So do the seva and always remember Satguru with each and every breath. But if you have any skill with which you can do seva, don't let egoism come in your mind. When you do any seva, always understand yourself as the low one and always understand another as the higher person. Don't expect that after doing seva, people should pay you and you should never think about praise from people. You should never go on repeating your own praise to the people about your seva, that you have done this seva, but always keep humility in your mind. Many people have this habit that unless they repeat their own praise, it goes on increasing in their stomach and they can't digest it. Baba Vishen used to tell this story. There was a king who had two horns on his head. He had a special barber who did not tell anyone about the horns because that was the question of his trust. But when that barber left the body, the king was very concerned. He thought, now another barber will not be able to digest this information. He will tell other people and that's not good. So he called another barber whose name was Veer Barbaroo. He asked him, do you know why I've called you? Veer Baburu replied, yes, because I'm a very good barber and I can cut your hair beautifully. That's why you have called me. The king said, well, that's one thing, but there is one more reason why I've called you here. Veer Babaru said, I don't know that other reason. So the king took off his cap and showed him, you see, I have two horns, but you should not tell this to anyone. If you tell it to anyone, I will kill you also your family, plus the person to whom you tell this secret. So beware that you don't tell this to anyone. Veer Barbaru said, okay, I will do that. But that man had the habit that if he could not tell something to others, he would not feel good, and he could not hold anything else in his stomach. When he went back to his home and he was not allowed to tell this thing to others, His stomach went on increasing and increasing because that thing was still in his stomach. Eventually, he became sick because he could not tell it to anyone. Many doctors were called, but that was not a disease that a doctor could cure. Some wise people were called, and they thought that it had something to do with his mind. They asked him, tell us the truth. Why is this? He said, I have one thing, but if I tell this thing to anyone, then I will be killed, and my family will also die. But if I don't tell it, then you see my condition, and I will die in either case. So one of the wise men told him, he was lying on a bed, he could not walk, to tell four people to take his bed into the forest and then go away from him. And facing any tree, he could tell it whatever he had on his mind. In that way he could get rid of it and his stomach would become all right. So he went there and facing toward one tree, he said in a very impressive chant, Veer Barbaru says this, the king has two horns. It so happened that later that tree was cut down and the wood was used in making a harmonium and tabla. Then the king's wife gave birth to a son, so the king called all the musicians to celebrate. It so happened that the musicians were using the same harmonium and tabla. Before starting a program, they tuned their instruments, and when they started tuning the harmonium, the sound came. The king has two horns. The people were amazed and asked, who says this? When the tabla player started tuning, it said, Veer Barbaroo. The harmonium was sounding like the king has two horns, and the people would say, who is saying this? And the tabla would sound like Veer Barbaroo. So then the king took off his hat and said, it is true, I have two horns. So people like Veer Barbaroo cannot hold anything in their stomachs, and this thing happened. If we people get the opportunity from God to do the seva we should hold everything within us but not like veer barbaroo we should not let our stomach go on increasing and increasing we should digest it that story by the way is very ancient sanchi told it a couple of times in my to my knowledge And one time I was reading that story in satsang. I think not from this talk, but from another talk where he gave the same story. And there was a visitor who was a a college student who was uh, majoring in Greek studies. And uh, after the satsang, she showed me a book she had, which included some ancient fables from Greek. And the very same story was in there didn't say Veer Barbaroo, and it wasn't Harmonium and Tabla, but it was the exact same story. The king had two horns, and the, and the guy went and told it to a tree, and the tree was made into instruments, etc. So these stories are around forever, you know, and they circulate and circulate. Swamiji Maharaj says, Why are you proud? Who knows at what moment death will come? Whatever seva we do, only that is counted in our devotion. You see the beggar, how much people are taunting him and giving him a very hard time? But he is so humble that he never replies to that treatment. No matter what anybody says, the beggar will not give any place to that bad feeling in his mind. Without Satguru's grace, a soul cannot be successful. That's why we should always remember that it is Satguru's grace which is working and helping us in our every single work. This paragraph, which is one of the key points of the talk, and one of the key points to never forget, in my opinion, it's the lesson that I have had to learn over and over and over, without Satguru's grace, a soul cannot be successful That's why we should always remember that it is Sadhguru's grace which is working and helping us in our every single work. And something I learned a long time ago when confronted with my own failures and the Sadhguru's grace, that we are given seva, whatever seva we are given, we are given it for our sake. It is not that we have proved ourselves worthy by being great people, so the Master rewards us by giving us Seva. He gives us Seva because in discharging that Seva, in doing that Seva, we continue our growth and we learn that which we have to learn. This was a hard lesson to learn for me, but I did learn it, and it has been a big help when I have specially been confronted with the chasm the great abyss between what the ideal is and what my actual has often been. Because I, I wrote Master many times when he first made me a representative and gave me the seva of, uh, of giving people the initiation instructions. The gap between what I was and the duty that I was discharging was so enormous that I could not get past that. And I wrote him a number of letters, and he responded to me very similarly to this. And I learned since then another thing that the Master does not give us a duty to do without giving us the grace to do it, if we know enough to accept that grace, to be receptive enough so that we can receive it. And that includes not just specific savor that we might be done, but the savor that we all have of going within, of remembering him, and of eventually uniting with God. We can be successful because of his grace. He would not initiate us. He would not give us the instructions to go within and do that if he wasn't also giving us the grace to do it. Because he has initiated us, we have the capability of doing that by virtue of our initiation. Actually, by virtue of the integrity of our search. Because Master says it begins, the grace begins when we recognize that we want to find God. As he says, and I've often quoted, once the desire to find God arises in somebody's heart, that desire cannot be stamped out. It will be fulfilled. It must be fulfilled. It is absolutely necessary that it be fulfilled by virtue of the way the universe is made. So that is where grace really begins, is with the desire to meet God arising in our heart. Then initiation is a step along the way, but... It is the desire to meet God that is first and foremost. One other thing also comes up here. Some people show love and humility from outside, but from within they are jealous and hate others. For them, purification is almost impossible. Master Sawan Singh Ji used to say that it is not a good thing to remove one veil and hide in another veil. It is not good to purify from outside, but from inside leave all the dirt uncleared. That beggar has not attended any satsangs, but still he is pure. But you have attended many satsangs. You have done many things, but still you have not given up your egoism. Still you have not developed humility. Then what have you done after attending so many satsangs? First of all, develop humility and keep that humility within you. And if anybody commits any mistake, others should try to forgive him, And the person who is doing the mistake should repent. If anyone is doing something wrong, talking or saying bitter words towards others, it is the work of the one who has done that to go and ask for forgiveness from the others. Any heart in which jealousy and enmity is there when looking at other people's seva and meditation is very difficult to purify. That heart himself feels that pain and it is very difficult to get rid of that pain. Whoever has jealousy in him, he should understand that he is losing too much. If he himself cannot do anything about that, he should ask for Satguru's help. And only with the Satguru's help and grace he can resolve that problem. But he who has this thing in his heart, he himself should give some attention to purification. And we can purify ourselves from within only with the help of Simran. Simran can do that. If the satsangi cannot be successful by using his own efforts you should start requesting Satguru, I am helpless, I am powerless, please help me. He is our eternal grace. He definitely helps us. You should not hide any faults from the Satguru because he is all conscious and knows everything. Whatever faults you have, you should tell Satguru and you should always feel the presence of the Satguru around you And when you confess in front of Satguru, make up your mind that you will not repeat those faults again. It's not good to request from one side and then keep repeating the same thing on the other side. Request to Satguru in this way. O Satguru, Swami, I am blessed in front of you and you are light. You help me and you enlighten me. O Satguru, when you shower grace on me, only then I can be successful. There is no remedy for this. Without Satguru's grace, no soul can become successful. Swamiji Maharaj says, You don't understand that no enemy is coming from outside. Mind, our enemy, is residing within us. Mind is within everyone. You should not think that only the other person has the enemy, the mind, and that you don't. Everybody has the mind. Everybody has his enemy within. And that enemy is the agent of Kao, and he has the duty from Kao not to allow any soul to do Satguru's work. That's why he is holding us. And again, this is another one of the key passages in this talk. It's a quote from Swamiji Maharaj You don't understand that no enemy is coming from outside. Mind, our enemy, is residing within us. It is so hard for us to remember that when we are focusing on what we consider to be outside enemies. And if you Notice what's going on in the world around us. The attention of everybody everywhere is constantly directed to remembering the enemy outside. That is to say, to do the very thing which is guaranteed to keep everybody in slavery and to keep them sound asleep when it comes to going within and becoming one with God. So what is the medicine for this? Do satsang and get the earnings of the meditation of nam, and receive the grace of the Master. With the help of and grace of the Master, all our bad deeds and thoughts will go away from us and we will become pure. But those who hide everything from their Satguru and after going to the Satguru, even if they have many faults, still say, I have not done any mistake." And I am doing so much meditation for such people what can be done. Such a person never understands that Master is looking at his every thought, his every action. He always takes the Master as an ordinary human being. And that is why he goes on committing mistakes under the impression that nobody is there to see them. Swamiji Maharaj says that those who understand Master as an ordinary human being and do not understand him as God, and those who always think that Master is not looking at their bad deeds, for them there is no remedy. They have that kind of disease that is incurable. Truly speaking, such people are not able to attend satsang. And those who have the perfect Master... And after attending their satsang, if they understand the reality of the master, and if they obey the commandments of the master, and copy the example or the life of the masters, then one day they will also become pure, and will also be able to get rid of all the evils which they have within them at present. Satsang is very pure water. And one who bathes in this water will get rid of all the filth he has within him. That's why Master Kripal always used to say, give up a hundred urgent works to attend satsang. Guru Nanak says, without satsang, whatever effort we are doing is like taking the pure water from one side and putting in dirt from the other. Swamiji Maharaj says, we cannot praise satsang. There is no other means to purify our mind except satsang. God says, no one can attain me through japa, tapa, or any other practice. He can realize me only with the help of satsang. There is no other way for the liberation of the soul. You cannot be liberated if you will not attend satsang. Swamiji Maharaj says in the Kali Yuga, there are only three means for liberation, satsang, nam, and the perfect master. Those who have the perfect master and those who are meditating on nam and those who have made their satsang, they should understand that now they are redeemed. But if we are doing any japa, tapa, or any other practice, instead of making our minds small and thin, we make our minds stronger because after doing all those things, we become full of ego. It is true that in the previous yugas or ages, the japas, tapas, and austerities were the worship of the time, and the rishis and munis performed them. But we cannot do them, because now we don't live long enough. If we somehow manage to do a little bit of them, then we cannot get the real truth. The scriptures say the austerities and the worship of the rishis and munis were meant for the golden age. And in this iron age, if we practice them, they won't work for us because we have less life and less health. That's why in this age, saints came and they discovered satsang and set up satsang for the benefit of the souls. So that satsang also is of course, a gift of grace. Of course, Sanchi is here often when the masters speak of satsang. They speak of it, it exists on many different levels. One level is certainly the remembering meeting, where we come together in order to remember the master and what we are here for. And on that level, it is very important that we do that in order to keep our remembrance strong. But satsang also refers to any interaction we have with the master, any remembrance we have of the master, any receptivity we have where we can receive anything from the master, within or without. And it's the whole complex of interaction between the disciple and the master. That's why Sanchi alludes here to the three words that are that sum up the path, all the masters have referred to them Satnam, Satguru and Satsug, that is the Nam or Word of God, the true name of God that created the universe, is God naming himself and is existing within all of us and is the way back as well as the way by which we came down the Satguru or the perfect master who embodies the Nam or the Word, is the Word made flesh. And as Clement of Alexandria says, the Word became flesh so that man might learn from man how man becomes God. And satsang, which is the disciples accepting of that which the Master gives. And that includes, as I said, all of the interactions between the master and the disciple, including the remembering meetings such as we are now having. Satsang means literally association with truth. Sang means gathering together, and sat is truth. It also means that which exists, so we are also associating with that which is real existence. If we can remember the thoughts expressed by Master Kripal and by Sanchi in these two talks. You know, if we can remember that, remember God's complaint. Remember that Master says we should live in the living moment and have constant remembrance of him for as long as we can. You know, why not one day, he says, so easy to say, so hard for us to do. But of course, he was talking to people who were there for that purpose and who saw him two or three times a day and who had traveled thousands of miles in order to be there, who were having darshan. And still, as we all know from our own experiences in India, we still didn't have constant remembrance. And we might sit six or seven hours in meditation, but as... The guy expressed we'd be lucky if we had two minutes of that in real constant remembrance. So, all of these things, it is so important to remember that the enemy is within. You know, the delusion that our enemy is outside, that any outside enemy can really harm us, is the hinge on which all maya revolves. You know, it I mean, harm can be done to us but if we understand the way it really works we will you know can avoid harm done to us seemingly by others without internalizing the recognition of the other as our enemy and thus imprisoning ourselves still further in deeper and deeper pits of maya the more we are bound to that idea that the other is the enemy, the more we are bound to the idea that other people can affect us. If we are remembering the Master and we are constantly in his presence, nobody can affect us. Nobody. That's his promise, and he gives us the grace to make it come true. All right, we can hear the tape
4: soul
5: is asking a question to her own self she says that I am not very good in the path of spirituality I don't have good ways in the path of spirituality I have so many faults, so many shortcomings in my within how can i realize
4: god and me muru naam ek parmatma roop pajan to see. सकते
5: Guru Nanak Dev has written this hymn after, became, after becoming God and the form of God and still he says just see that how much humility he has just look in your within and see that how much humility he has he says that I have so many faults in my within I have limited this faults in my within how will God open his door to me
3: Sadi
4: The
5: soul says that whom should I blame? Because there are many better than me, all are better than me. There are so many Rishis, Muris, and Mahatmas who have done the devotion of Lord, and they all have reached the door of Lord. So that is why they all are better
4: than me. I am your guardian, as my soul, I am a human Guru, I will not be able to do my own and my own words, don't be afraid. I am your guardian, I am not a human being. If you don't have
5: Butchans. In one of the visions, I have said that, O oh Master Kripal, I have come to your door, and you are my master, you are the master of the masters, and I am full of faults. There is no fault which I don't have, but you tear the piece of paper on which the account of my faults are written, and I have come to your door only for asking the forgiveness. If you would not forgive me, how would they call you as the gracious being and the forgiver? And you are the forgiver. I have come to your door. And I have taken refuge in you. If you did not, I am the greatest sinner, and if you did not have the sins, whom would you forgive? I
4: have come to your door, so kindly forgive my
5: faults. I told my master that I am your criminal, moment after moment, I am your thief, and I am doing sins, moment after moment, but and I have come to the door of the Forgiver, and you are the you are the Forgiver. So you forgive me.
4: <laughs> Master Saman Singh, Ji used to say that if, if after making the fault,
5: if are not ready to apologize, the would not ready to the forgiver do? the
4: ਕੀ ਕੀ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਮਿਲੇ ਜਦ ਮੈਂ ਉੱਥੇ ਜਾ ਕੇ ਦੇਖੀ ਕਿ ਸਤਖੰਡ ਦੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਤੋਂ ਮਨੂ ਕੇਸ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹਨ ਪਰ ਇਸ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਵੀ ਪਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਨੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ है ਇੱਕ ਨੂੰ ਦਿਆ ਕਿ
5: now he says that those who did not accompany their mind, those who did the sacrifices in this world. I went into within in the Sachkar and I saw those souls, those who did not accompany the mind and those who did the sacrifices. I saw that how many comforts they received in the court of Lord. The shade of the mango tree is considered as the best, as the best cool shade. Especially in Rajasthan, that's why he's giving the example of the share of the mango trees. He means that God gives all the comforts and all the conveniences to the souls. Those who do not accompany their mind, those who do not follow their mind, those who sacrifice a lot in this life, in this world, and will be able to such kind of the real home. Jesus, he saw
4: the soul says that whom should I blame? I do not have the qualities of the souls,
5: those who have met brought. I do not have the appearance of such souls who are met God. I don't have any good qualities in me. I don't have that wish with which I can please God on me. <laughs>
4: The soul says that what favour should I mention which you have done for
5: me? What should I say in expressing my gratitude towards you for all the grace you have showered on me, I don't find the I don't have the adequate words with which I can express my thankfulness and gratitude to you. Those who have got to know the value of the naun, those who have got to manifest the naun within them, only they know the value of naam. Sadhubai so says that even if we sacrifice the wealth, all all the richness of the whole all the three words, still we cannot pay back <coughs> for the value of now which has
4: been given to us by the Master. We are not happy,
5: happy to give up the slavery of the mind and the organs of senses. We are not yet ready to give up the slavery of the mind and the organs of senses. That is why we do not have any idea that how valuable the Naam is. Kabir Saab Rupadamsanth has said that those who do not have the material wealth, don't call them poor. Poor are they who do not have the wealth of Naam in them.
4: Guru Dev ne Nanak Guru Ninshka
5: In Sukhmani sath Guru Ajandev has said that collect the wealth of the devotion of Lord Nanak says that with the grace of the master all the stores will be completed will be filled up and you will get the happiness
4: Mara Singh Nasi, hai, naam hai.
5: Master Saran Singh used to say that they are the real emperors those who are with them.
0: Our closing bhajan is on page 254, Sandialune Rimajim Lai," And there will be prashad given out while this is being sung. Gracious sawan has caused the drizzle to shower. At least come out in this intoxicating weather and see. In the sky there are colorful swings. At least set the swing of love to its peak and see. Understand the melody of the song sung by the cuckoo. At least sing one song of love and see. You will get the happiness of heaven here itself. At least come under the shade of the hair and see. I'll make you drink through the cups of eyes. At least exchange your glance with me and see. I'll write my whole life in your name. At least for once get in love with me and see. I'll keep you hidden in my eyelashes. At least come into the courtyard of my heart and see. Today the nectar is showering from the skies. At least create the yearning for once and see. Coming into the intoxication of the month of Samhain, at least shoot the arrows of your glance and see. The Jabe has become yours for no cost. At least for once you try me and see. Gracious Samhain has caused the drizzle to shower. At least come out in this intoxicating weather and see. And of course, Samhain Singh was named after the month of Samhain, which in India is the rainy month, the month that the monsoon comes and breaks the drought that precedes it for several months. Middle of July to the middle of August is the month of Sawan.
6: Sawan Deyalune Rima Jimalai. तुम्हासम रंगीले चे आकेटा देकर Aaketa deka Ambarante pingane sat sat Ambarante pingane sat sat Tu pyar and chadha ke ta dekh Tu pyar and chadha ke ta dekh Tu mo somrangi leche akheta deka so one day alunai primaj malai tumo samrangi leche akheta dike koyaland geetandi suranu samajake Koyalande ye gitandi suranu samaje tu e ke gita piara anda tu e ke gita piara anda Tu masam rangile che aketa deka sa wandea luney rimajimalai tu masam rangile che aketa deka. Kushi Swara Gandhi, Mila Jauh Ete, Kushiswara Gandhi, Mila Jauh Ete, Tujula Fande Chanheta, ah Deku. To julefande chan heta, deka, to mosam rangileche, deka, sa de alune, rima Tu mausam rangi leche ta deka Me bhar bhar na de jamah piladu Me bhar bhar na de jamah piladu tu ek vaari najra mila ke ta dekh tu ek vaari najra mila ke ta dekh tum sam rangile che akhi ta dekh Sawan dea lune rimaji malai, tu musim ragil ecer, aket adik mejivan me Jeevan Visara Tere Nam Tu Ek Vari Mere Nala Tu Ek Vari Mere Nala Tu maasam rangile che a ke ta dekas alune re ma ji malai Tu maasam rangile me pa le kanche chupa ke ténu. Me pa le kanche chupa ke ténu. Tu de la valle ve de chee. Ah, Tu divale vede che akita diku tu mosamrangile che akita diku to mosam rangil che ah ke tadikam. Amarit jalaja. Amarancho barsay. Amarit jalaja. Amarancho barsay. Tu ek vare riche laga ke ta deka. Tu ek vare riche laga ke ta deka. Tu mausam rangi leche aake ta deka. Sawan dayalune rimaji malai tumo samrangi lech ake ta deka sawan mahine di. Ma se ti c'è anche sa sawn, ma inendi, ma se ti c'è anche tu non grande tira, c'è la che ti ha detto. Tu ngeran deh tirah, n la kita deh ke, tu masa merangkil je, a Tumasam rangi Dama bina bina Tu ekvare menu ajma kita tadeika Tu ekvare menu ajma kita tadeika Tu mosam rangi leche Ake ta de sawan de alune re ma jim alai tu mosam rangileche. Ake ta de ka.
0: Gracious sawan has caused the drizzle to shower, at least come out in this intoxicating weather and see. May God bless us
6: all.